Listen, uh, uh, where are you playing in town? You, you playing here? We're doing the, uh, the Normo Dome, whatever it is. It's terrific. Oh, it's yeah, big place. That's, out. Out. That's a big nice. place. You sold also, it out. Like I'll see. You really, really should. Try not to fall in the same old trap I left without a map. The same old place I'm going to. Find smiling into that same old plan. We'll do what I can to make it a little different this time. The hell are you doing? I couldn't sleep. I'm checking the ropes. I was afraid end on Europe, and I'm cutting it out. Good weather, bad weather. Now or later, anytime is good for climbing. Let's just do it. Okay. All right, welcome to the Normal Cast, episode three. It's January 2012. New Year's passed. I'm sitting here in the mobile studio, Studio B12, Yeah. Omega Fatty Acids, Yeah. and I'm sitting with uh, Kelly Cordes, who I finally Hi. tracked down and made him get on the mic. How's yeah. it going, Kelly? <laughs> good. Now that I have enough coffee, it's good, man. Yeah, this is actually Rocking. the very first time I've ever recorded <laughs> in the morning. Oh, man, I, I'm like bummed because I'm going to say all kinds of stupid stuff. I I'm way sharper if I've had a few PBRs and margaritas. Mm. I wish we could have pulled off the nighttime yeah. thing. But well, I'll try to hang. next time, because I'm a new... Uh, okay. Hopefully, I, I've been sort of stalking Kelly to be on, on the show. I've, I would like him to be a return guest, if this goes okay. And he, <laughs> yeah. You know, it doesn't actually get him fired from his various positions yeah, in the climbing world. but protect me from myself, dude. Do some good editing. Well, I think that may be one of the benefits of not having margaritas in front of us, is That's, there might be a, mm, a natural filter up there. <laughs> a filter that I otherwise lack. Yes. Um, just as an introduction, I don't know if everybody out there knows Kelly. Uh, he's been an alpinist for, what, like a couple decades? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm old now. Yeah. Uh, I think I started climbing about 18 years ago. Okay. But, but it was kind of late in life. I always used to think that was such a disadvantage, but I don't know. It is what it is. Well, it, late in life, what, you were in yes, your 20s? Yeah, like 25 yeah. or 24 or something yeah. like that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the, you, you see these people who start so young, and I'm like, oh, man, I might be able to climb worth a shit if I started when that kid did. Yeah. You know, but, I don't oh, know. well. Yeah. But, you know, so it, it in our day... <laughs> You didn't have the opportunities to start as a teenager. Like there was no climbing gyms, so no. unless you were going out with the Boy Scouts or you lived some rad place like Boulder or whatever, where there was all sorts of climbers. Like I don't know, where did you grow up? Father was Mike Caldwell or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, I grew up in uh, Pennsylvania. Yeah, so yeah. there you go. I was in the suburbs of Chicago. So nice. And let, yeah. like I said, unless you were involved in the Boy Scouts or totally. something like that. So. No, man, I wanted to be a football player. <laughs> like, you know, I was, for, for those who can't see me, I'm yeah. not the biggest dude in the world. In 10th grade, I was four foot ten and weighed 85 pounds and nice. was going out for the football team. I mean, we had like 230-pound linebackers. It was like central Pennsylvania. <laughs> oh, I would have gotten killed. Yeah. Yeah, so you, what, did you move to Colorado? How would you get into climbing? Um, I got into climbing when I was in grad school at the University of Montana. Okay. And, uh, yeah, a buddy took me ice climbing. Like, it just sounded like kind of a cool thing, and that that was it, man. Right. Done. Like, any semblance of a respectable lifestyle was gone yeah. from that moment on. Yep. <laughs> we can all relate, huh? Yeah, especially if you started up Montana, you went right into, oh, like, the darkness of totally, alpinism man. and ice climbing. and Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it was all about just scratching around and, like, full adventure style. Super hardcore. Which, yeah, man, I was super grateful for that. Like, that, that was my initial 
thing was like going out and having an adventure. Well, um, we met, uh, I want to say back at Colorado Mountain yeah. School. I had been gone for a while and then you showed up and we, I think I was more living shack. in the parking lot and you and Dan were in the shack. <laughs> Me and the Danimal. Yeah. Yeah. And really, I don't want to get too much into that because that's like a whole nother show. Oh, God. This wait, shack. Wait, if we if we could reunite some of the old shack guys, that'd be get awesome. Some actually, going and some old stories. I, oh my god, that's a great idea. Actually, because yeah. we could do that. I've been around a couple of times when that's happened, and I've just been like, man, where's like my voice recorder? For yeah, this? but uh, yeah, and we worked together. I think for one summer, it might have been my last summer, or the next year, I was like in and out. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was you were in a you were in sort of a dark space. I was uh, back then. I had just got divorced, mm. and I had just discovered free soloing and <laughs> well and living in the shack. You, you know, know, I couldn't remember. Yeah. Actually, I was thinking about it. And I was like, was he married? And was was yeah. Past and tense. I wasn't even sure if you had just gotten divorced. Yeah, or if it, yeah, right. Yeah, like I right, right. I had just gotten divorced. And I'm like, fuck it, I'm li- I'm moving into the shack. And, and didn't your ex-wife work for the mountain school? Yeah, for a little bit. I mean, she's great. You know, right. I mean, yeah, like we're friends and all that. Mm-hmm. But I remember but yeah. being pretty nice. Yeah, that, no, that she, must have she's been a kind of a but, difficult yeah. situation. But it was still a <laughs> difficult situation, indeed. You know, yeah, she she was doing well, and I'm like living in this sixty-five dollar a month shack mm-hmm. with the broken down door and Garvey coming in and dry tooling all over yeah. the beams and. <laughs> I'd come back sometimes and I'd like open the door to my room, you know, and like I was paying money for that thing, you know, 65 <laughs> bucks a month, you know, it was like harder in cash. And like I'd open up my door in my room. There's like someone sleeping in my bed. I'm like, hey, hey, who, who are you? Who, uh, I'm Mike's friend. I'm like, who the hell is Mike? And who the hell are you? This room kick. There's no one here. named Mike like, working there. I know. It was just like random people there. Well, yeah. that's because, yeah, it. It, the legacy of the shack was that, and, and even though they tried to sort of charge and make it something more than it was, um, there was still you still were fighting like a twenty five years of, oh, of just tradition. it being sort of a crash pad. But anyway, that's up in Estes Park. You live in it's Estes nice still, though. right? I do. I, yeah. I live less than a mile from the shack. Although these days it's not a shack. Like I say that with nostalgia, I'm like that ain't no shack. Did that they fix no it? Shack. What they do to it? Yeah, man, it's all nice and respectable. Like. Dudes like us mm. would not be allowed in there anymore. For I sure. I wonder when they yeah. when they did the remodel if they found anything like oh, uh, in the walls. I heard from some people. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. You know I wonder if story. if yeah. maybe they ripped down uh-huh. the drywall and found something in there. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. God, that point. And I remember when we were politely asked to leave too. Like there, I mean, and understandably, like. I, I mean, I was had a, well, I thought it was a good idea, like food composting to be like more environmentally whatever. And I, so I just poured all the food scraps out the window. And sure, so that like may, yeah. Stray dogs and scraps. <laughs> and then, you know, he'd be out there like taking a piss around the side of the house and like the clients would come up and stuff. And yeah. I think though, I, I believe, and again, we're, we're on this shack tangent, but what the yeah, hell, sorry. is that part of what the Colorado Mountain School was selling. Uh-huh. Was was the mystique that came out of it, and I'm not joking. Like yeah. the mystique of here are these mountain guides, and here's how they live, squalor. And you're as much buying that as you are buying the the climb or the yeah. or the instruction. It's like, wow, we're gonna dip <laughs> into this world because I remember too, like clients coming up and knocking on the door, and we and this was because I lived in the shack uh, like a few years before Kelly, and um, for a couple summers and. We had a pretty strict no clients in the shack policy, yeah. 
unless, of course, they were were lovely ladies. Right. Because we just kind of were like, all right, this is our space, and yeah. we come in here to like rag on you, totally. client, and to get out. <laughs> I mean, you know, with yeah. with with you know a tongue in cheek, with love. But yeah, because you needed to sometimes. But, oh, totally. So they would come up to the door, and you'd see them kind of peeking around you while you stood there talking to them, <laughs> and like definitely waiting to be invited in. But we we never let uh-uh. them into the inner uh-uh. sanctum. No way, not inner sanctum. Uh uh-uh. uh. Although I think it would have been good for tips because they would have felt sorry for us. <laughs> yeah, that you know what that that would have been wise, but none of us were very wise to begin with. So, well, it says a lot that about you know at least one out of five times I'd get tipped with a bottle of booze. So, yeah, yeah, that was always yeah. nice. Like I, I've developed this taste for really good tequila. Like I love margarita. But yeah. since I keep jacking myself up with all these surgeries the last few years, everyone's like, "Oh man." Court just fucked himself up again. What, what should we get him? And, I don't know. That guy doesn't like anything. No, he likes good booze. And so, like, everyone's buying me nice bottles of tequila, and then I go through it. It's kind of like the the, the pusher, you know, yeah, getting you totally. hooked on the good yeah, stuff. Totally. It's kind of a drag now. Yeah. It's really. hard. I've caught you coming back from the Ice Fest. Um, yeah. I managed. The reason we have to do this in the morning is because Kelly has to go home, and he was coming through Carbondale the headquarters of the normal cast. <laughs> and we actually are sitting at the headquarters of the Alpinist. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At Michael and Julie Kennedy's house yep. at the confluence of the Roaring Fork and the Crystal Rivers. While their son Hayden is down in Patagonia yeah. ascending. Friend of the show, does. Hayden Kennedy. Absolutely. So having a great season down there. Hopefully we'll get him on when he gets back. So, yeah, you just came from the Ice Fest. And, yeah. And uh, down mm-hmm. in Ure. Yep. And, you know, if I'm going to become some sort of huge internet personality. Uh-huh then I'm going to definitely have to start going to these things. Yeah. <laughs> Which, Absolutely. you know, I personally I tend to avoid them a little bit. Although that's kind of this thing in my head mm-hmm. because whenever I go to events like that, I always have a really good time. That's kind of always. Right. I know. You know. I know. And then and when I'm away from them, I'm like, uh, I don't know rah, about rah, a bunch rah, of people rah. together climbing. And then it's when I'm there, I'm like, wow, a bunch of people together climbing. Yeah, you how know? cool. So, and then you see a bunch of your friends and yeah. stuff. So how was it? it, it well, oh, it was good. Um yeah, it, it's an interesting thing. I mean, I, I had to be there to uh, do a slideshow, and it's basically a big fundraising event for the Ice Park, really, mm-hmm. I think is one way to think of the festival. And that's cool. I mean, the Ice Park's free. It costs mm-hmm. money to run it. They have a shit ton of volunteers. Like, full props to all those people. I like, mm-hmm. can't say enough good things. But it, I don't know. It's a little weird to me. Like, for example, yesterday, um, Michael and I w- went out and climbed a you know, redstone pillar, just like late in the afternoon, just got, got a single pitch in. And that was, to me, that's much more representative of how I think of climbing. Like you and a buddy just out there, the two of you in a beautiful place. Sure. Doing a little climbing. Right. And these festivals are interesting because that they're the antithesis of that, that they're, they're kind of crazy. Like, and I, I try not to, I don't even think about climbing during the festival because it's, well, first off, it's dangerous down in the gorge, man. Mm. It's more dangerous than any alpine route I've ever done. Right. Like, there's people <laughs> knocking many people, shit yeah. off. And, but, you know, I've I, heard that before about the, oh, the, the festival anyway. It's just, totally, man. You definitely got to be on your toes yeah, down yeah, there. Yeah, mm-hmm. you got to be heads up for sure. But, and then sometimes I'm like, oh, man, this is kind of weird. Like, this isn't. The, the scene that I like about climbing and then, you know, there's a bit of a maybe commerce component because all the, the companies and, you know, I work for some of them, you know, so I I appreciate it. But, you know, they're there demoing their gear. And so, of course, they're hoping people buy things and which always makes me cynical because it seems like everything in our fucking <laughs> world is just buy, buy, buy. And right. it's like, ugh. But but then at the same time, I don't know, yesterday I was down in the gorge and I'm walking around and just started chatting with this woman. She and the guy she was climbing with were from New York City. They were out for a week, 
And they were so psyched, and it was so cool. Like, they had taken a bunch of clinics, and they're climbing independently, the two of them, and they seemed to be solid and know what mm-hmm. they were doing. But they mm-hmm. were just so psyched. They mm-hmm. were having an awesome time. And yeah. I'm like, man, this is so fucking cool. Right yeah, on. totally. You know? And, and so you see stuff like that, and then you run into people who want to chat about something or other, and, or, or they're learning, and they figure something out. They have these aha moments or whatever. And you're like, man, that that's actually really rad. Like, well, it's, it's interesting, too, because you and I have been climbing a long time, and we actually have a personal relationship with a lot of quote unquote famous climbers yeah. and so and we have a tendency to, to just think they're just normal people obviously they are but we don't yeah. have this sense of the celebrity culture and right. even though we also think that climbing maybe is somewhat beyond that or whatever <laughs> really celebrities are celebrities and yeah. pe- and people like celebrities yeah, and they like that sweet. culture and and so I think like you these these people like from New York are probably pretty excited to yeah. be even talking to you. I mean, you, you have a presence on the internet with, with your blog and stuff like that. But, and, and, and again, we have this tendency to think like, oh, well, you know, who would want to talk to us? Right. Or, or if, <laughs> if, you know, some other famous person's down there climbing. Like, I think back to when I was starting climbing. That's true. I'm, I was like, if I started talking to somebody at the cliff yeah. and then later I realized oh, that, oh, my God, that, that was so-and-so. That yeah. was Randy Levitt or that yes. was – I freaked out too i was like man that's an awesome thing and it's hard for us to have this perspective because we're crusty and old and we've been around the block but totally and you don't want to give yourself um too much credit either like i mean it's just climbing right and it's like small world stuff and i'm always thinking of you ever see that movie waiting for guffman sure oh great i'm always always thinking faces (laughs) exactly (laughs) i was thinking of guffman moments like because my small little climbing world like something will happen and i'll think wow that was really cool i'm like dude you're like a character from a guffman right you know you're putting on a little play in some little town exactly but then what you were saying is true like i can think back to in montana like when i was first starting to climb like i totally was i idolized like mm-hmm. alex Lowe and jack tackle and i remember well the first time that i met both of those guys that it was separate but like i was bivied in the back of my subaru with my what would later become my wife who would then later divorce me yeah, well, <laughs> We're bivied in the back of the subaru i right. mean what the hell you know she's a smart woman she, <laughs> she can do better than this <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, we're bivvied in the back of the Subaru in Highlight Canyon in winter and like getting ready to go climb and just totally dirtbagging it. And I hear the, I hear these people talking and, and I can tell one of them's Alex Lowe and I like feign, you know, like waking up and Oh, Hey, Oh, Hey, what's going on over there? Oh, Hey, hey you guys, man, he was so cool. Like, yeah, he was, he was cool just dude. asking me about mm-hmm. like, what it was I doing that mm-hmm. day? And I'm like, what? And I was just, all I ever wanted mm-hmm. in life at that point was mm-hmm. to meet Alex Lowe. And then I remember when I first met Jack Tackle, he just, you know, he made me feel so big. Like he, he was asking me about what I was doing and, and I'm like, man, I'm nobody like, and this mm-hmm. guy's being so cool to me. And it, 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 those are inspiring things. And so if you can pass that along in some way, I'm certainly nowhere near those guys, but, but anytime you can maybe inspire in, in any way is cool. Yeah. It's funny because you... You know, again, we've been doing this long enough and and it comes full circle because, again, it's like I'm nobody special. But, you know, there's times in in Indian Creek, that's like my big place. And I've spent so much time down there where I have run into somebody who was like, oh, you're that guy. And like, (laughs) (laughs) and, you know, and I remember, again, being on the other side of that and a, a really good climber could be a total dick to you and and pretend like you're nobody and like kind of strut around. So lame. 
Or they can be, even even if you're just sort of mildly cool <laughs> and you maybe just throw them some beta or you just totally. say, yeah, if you're going up there, maybe, you know, grab a bunch of twos or totally, whatever. Man. Like it, it, I remember in, uh, back when I was like a few years into climbing, just like how psyched I was to get yeah. some sort of little beta. And, and speaking of Alex Lowe, the same thing, like back in Yosemite uh, when I was a wall climber, you know, there was a time where... Um, I had done a route that he had hey, he had been on, and uh-huh. for various reasons, his yeah. team had, had come down, and and uh, he was just so amped and so yeah. impressed that I'd done the route, and I so I was like sitting there, just like my head spinning, yeah. and I walked away like, wow, a- Alex Lowe thought I was wow. cool. <laughs> I was just like, yeah. it, it was so huge for me, totally. you know, that guy. Yeah, so. yeah, and it's like for the first time in your life, you you're feeling mm-hmm. like you are somebody, you know? Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's kind of neat. I mean, well, it's a small world, but still. It, and I've, it I've said this before, and like with the Ice Fest and things like that, it, there aren't very many sports that you can be involved Absolutely. in yep. and be just casually talking to the best saying. in the sport. Absolutely. You know, it's like it's not like you're going to just go yeah. and, and be playing basketball and Michael have Michael Jordan, Jordan come down and start shooting with you. Hey, but Mike, you, you know, MJ, I like to yeah, call him. You know, right. Let's you, play a little pickup ball. You yeah, know, but, but speaking of that, like... You and TC, MJ. T, T, well, T, I call T, him. Uh, TC. Yeah, no. um, you know, like guys like Tommy Caldwell <laughs> totally, or whoever, man. they're just like n- really nice guys and you can end up Speak, standing Speak, by the way, too. quick flashback. Okay. Uh, f- I first met Tommy when I moved to Estes. He came to the shack. I was mm-hmm. working for the AJ one time and we needed some beta. <laughs> he was like six, four years old or something. Yes. <laughs> and he's like, oh, oh, no, I know where that is. I'll, I'll come over. And, and like, it's me and Danimal, like, standing nice. around in our sweatpants, you know? And, like, and I remember Dan's like, oh, uh, dude, you, you want a PBR? And, no, no, that's okay. Thanks. And I don't know. He's like, Tommy's like 16 or something at the time, you know? Right on. But yeah, it's pretty wild. And, you know, I mean, now it's like, you know, he's my neighbor in Estes. And totally. It's just so cool. Yeah, well, um, I, I kind of did the name drop seg because oh, I wanted yeah. to talk about talk to you about your uh, kind my of role. newer status yeah. of Belair to the Stars. Totally, man. Because um, you were just involved in one of the more dramatic things this fall of, of yeah. Tommy trying to send uh, send the Dawn Wall yep. up on for El sure. Cap. So yeah. you went out there and what, like just well, became the placement Belair <laughs> for his wife? Well, I, I was just out there road tripping and climbing around a little bit. Well, I, um, I thought you were like sitting no. by your red your red bat phone and like the got the call. <laughs> Kelly, we need you here. <laughs> the Black Hawk will be there in, in, in 20 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> exactly. We got code names and everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, and so Tommy's wife, Becca, was, you know, a total champ. I think she, she was on the wall for like 10 days straight playing him, and she just needed a break. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, you reckon? <laughs> totally, man. <laughs> like, she's a champ, man. She's awesome. And uh, so I just went up and belayed for just like a day and a half while Mike, Tommy's dad, had come down with the flu or something and while he was recovering and getting ready to come up. But, yeah, man, it was amazing to be up there and see what, what Tommy was doing. And he may, he kind of makes like the, the 513 pitches look so casual that I remember standing there bland and being like, yeah, man, I should have brought my shoes. You know, <laughs> I, I should try, you know. Get a little exercise, and then I'm like Jumaring past. I'm right. like, wait, that's what he was holding on to, and then that, that it's only thirteen C exactly. Whatever, he's just, he's just walking it, and then the one of the crux pitches uh, where he got shut down on this season's attempt. Even though the one day I saw him link all the hard sequences uh-huh. from rest to rest, so I know he can do it. 
but the thumbercling pitch. Oh, and, right. And then w- when I was like rapping down pass and looking at it, it was ridiculous. He's got like some tick marks, which I always thought tick marks were there to mark holds. Right. You know, I'm like, dude, the. This is nothing. What's the tick mark for? Like, like there's, there's like absolutely some, nothing like, there. Tiny ripple that, that exactly right. like not even a pimple on a pig's ass. And right, he's like standing on it and trying to pull on Shaking it. Shaking out, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. And he's such a cool dude. Like seriously, I think Tommy has got to be quite possibly the nicest person mm-hmm. I've ever met. Total life. man crush. Yeah, yeah, total yeah. man crush. Yeah. It, you know, speaking of the climbing world, what like when, when my pipes froze as they do like damn near every winter in my place. I remember one time like t- Tommy's like, "Oh no, I'll come over and help," you know, and because I don't know what I'm doing, and like it's like minus twenty or something, and all I can see is his legs sticking out from this heinous crawl space under my house, and I'm like, "This is ridiculous." <laughs> Does Michael Jordan's neighbor get to right. come up? Hey, Mike, uh, you want to come over and like. <laughs> You know, solder off the frozen burst pipe in my crawl space. Yeah. Like, I mean, what a nice guy. Just don't let him near your table saw. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, you don't want to be responsible for that. No. So how long were you up on the wall with him? Oh, only a day and a half. Oh, oh yeah. wow. Okay. So, yeah, I, I, I do a good job of, like, milking <laughs> anything I can. Like, I, I wrote all kinds of shit about that right on. and sprayed it up. Oh, yeah. And then your other your <laughs> other uh, celebrity uh, matchup. Is is Mr. Wharton, a mutual yeah, friend of ours? Absolutely, Josh Wharton, the fiend. the the fiend. Yeah, man. That obviously, you know, the impression I had, he has sort of this latent core quality of like burning through partners because <laughs> yeah. they just can't keep up with. <laughs> it's hard to keep yeah, up with that so. guy for sure. Yeah. Did man. you go up on? Did, were you up on uh, the diamond with him? Uh, no, oh, okay. I, I didn't go up on the diamond with him. Um, did you know? Probably the best climb of my life with him and. Uh, you know, we we did a couple of Pakistan trips together, and we you know climbed a variety of other. Things yeah, but you guys, when you guys are, are climbing in, in Pakistan, it's yeah. you're not any sort of lackey. I mean, you guys are like. I mean, did well, you did you guys in, invent up, the yeah. debt disaster style? Was that, that something was that you came term. up with? Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, although I I think it actually dates back to my friend Chris Trimble, okay, who lives down in Durango now, the the chief. If anyone has seen one of the stories I sometimes have told at slideshows. Uh-huh. I wanted to keep his name out of it, but that's a little insider thing people right. can put together. <laughs> Man, here, I met the chief back in the Montana days, and yeah, plenty of debaucherous times, but uh, I think the chief came up with disastrous town, and I think me and Brent Armstrong, you know All right, Brent, yeah, right? I know Brent, and yeah. Me and Brent, I think, took the disaster style thing into the park quite a bit, and then me and Josh took disaster style to Pakistan. The Josh has another term for it. He calls it safety fifth climbing. <laughs> <laughs> what the first four are, I'm not sure. Let's see. One is sending. One, is, yeah, I don't know. Right. Safety fifth disaster style. Right. And this is basically like just leave camp with whatever you can carry and go and tell you to go for yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I kind of think it's actually, um, you know, a, a good thought for living life you know like i don't know man. <laughs> seriously man everyone's so fucking scared to like do everything and, sure you know sure. Get, get stuck in the the cubicle world of making money and buying crap right. like nah man go for it disaster disaster style, style. when like, you walk out the mo- the door every morning <laughs> totally. you're on disaster style <laughs> trying man trying. yeah well this this rv is like that <laughs> this rv is as totally soon as i as soon as style. i leave the driveway it's like we may make it, we may not, we may but not. whatever. If we make it, it's going to be super comfy. Yeah. And if yeah. we don't, well, I'll figure out how to fix something else on exactly. this stupid thing. So. That's part of disaster style is like going for it and 
figuring it out on the fly. Well, we're, I'm going to definitely try to make a trip up to Estes this winter while you guys are festering nice. up there. And, yeah. and uh, oh. we'll try to get Wharton on the mic. The planet Hoth. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. yeah, it's a funny place how, how cold and windy it is up oh, there. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I've been uh, definitely, like I said, been wanting to get get Kelly on the show and hopefully we'll get him on here regularly which which may require me to get on the road and head up to Estes Park and I used to live up there I spent a bunch of summers up there Um, and like we were talking at the beginning of the show I was there during a a dark time in Kelly's life and it was actually kind of (laughs) it was a good time though yeah it was a good time and and it's and it's sort of uh, I don't know we were living disaster style up there for sure and it was actually at the end of my guiding career too which um Guiding is funny because you you definitely get into it because you love climbing. Yeah. And, and and the idea is that I'm going to do this 24 hours a day now because get I love it so much and climb. get paid to climb. Uh-uh. That attitude lasts a couple seasons. Yeah. And then you can do a couple more seasons where you start to realize that when you make something you love your work, yeah, it's tough. You, you turn something you love into work. Yes. And you, if you're smart... You get out. Yes. And if you're not, you do a few more years until you start to really hate it. Yeah, you which, can become a bitter old man yeah. that way, dude. Like walking around talking about how real things used to be, yeah. swilling from a cheap bottle of triple sec. You know, <laughs> like, man, I don't want to be that way. I admire those people who, who can maintain their passion for climbing while guiding. And there are some people who are able to do that. I just can't. I mean, I, find, I found myself viewing it kind of as like dangerous babysitting mm-hmm. and then on my days off i just wanted to chill out and mm-hmm. check yeah not go climbing. well and in, in the amount of responsibility my, my big thing was that the amount of responsibility that you're taking on yeah. for this person or these people that are under your care compared sure. to what you're getting paid and also the, yeah. the 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 protection you're getting you know legally is pretty uh-huh. minimal actually it's and dangerous in all aspects yeah and then also i mean it's dangerous for you i mean yeah. i don't know how many times Oh, I was man. I was out leading something and 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 that thought went through my head like this guy doesn't really know how to play that well or whatever so and we all unfortunately uh, you and I both have known guides that have have, yes. have died in the yes. line of duty so yep. to speak so yep. I think I think it's sustainable the guys I know that do it it's they're very part timey they've got a client list guys they trust guys yeah. they climb with all the time yeah, guys that are actually cool. really good climbers totally you know but don't have the time to get out and do it themselves once you get and, to that stage yeah. i think it, it's pretty cool and, the, and those who can who can do that it's a it's a good way mm-hmm. to do well the thing is too is those who can do it day in and day out they've made that shift right. is that i'm not out here for the climbing right you know the, the those That's the guys important. that do it day in and day out it's it's the same reason people teach school it's yeah. because they love to teach the yes. sport. They love yes. to be interacting with these people, and they're the ones who last too. Totally. So those yeah. of those people are out here because they want to go rock climbing. I mean, yeah. no, that, forget that, it. That, yeah. yeah, that that's where you go wrong. Like thinking yeah. that you're going to. There's plenty of guides that, that no had gone through that phase. Oh yeah. yeah, no, that's what I thought too. But but Estes is a great place because yeah. I mean I don't know. At the same time, I'm grateful for the years that I did guide. I mean, it's kind of like anything. I mean, everything you've done shapes shapes you and right. who you are sometimes for better or for worse you know yeah estes being the cultural third world of the front range you know, right it's, it's a good place <laughs> to be but you know it's like man i go down to boulder and it's just like i'm only allowed like 24 hours in there before like my shock collar goes off and i get an automatic message on my iphone telling me that until i become a little cool right tell you on my yeah. chakras i'm not allowed back 
Yeah. Or you, you've offended someone. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which, that's easy to do. Which brings me to uh, Halloween oh, and um, a story you told yeah. me. Not only Halloween, but <laughs> one of the things that went on in Estes back in the day when I was God. there were the, were the infamous uh, uh, white trash parties, too, yeah. at the shack. Oh, those were good yeah, as well. Those were yeah. good. I, oh, Jesus. Yeah. The, <laughs> the Hall- I remember the Halloween party. Like So, like, Brent... And Jason and Justin and all these dudes had piled into this this house. They were all living in this house. And they had this one roommate whom I had never met who was like apparently had a professional job. All these other guys were just total dirtbags. Right. And I had just moved to Estes and we're all road tripping and climbing and stuff. And like uh, among all of us dudes, you know, some real, real lowbrow humor, like like clown suit jokes, you know. It's like really bad. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, because basically like all clowns are child molesters. I mean, that... hey dude it's not my fault they do it you know i like you know (laughs) yeah and so like i mean clowns are creepy you Mm -hmm. know like okay so maybe not all but like clowns are creepy man i even read a thing like in the british journal of medicine or something they did like or psychological thing or something they did this thing like where they showed all these (laughs) all these kids like clowns and then like surveyed them afterward and like 80 percent of them were creeped out as opposed to happy. So anyway, you can imagine some of the jokes that come from clown suits. So they were having a Halloween party, and like those guys were like, "Hey, yeah, dude, you know, Friday night Halloween, we're having a party. You know, come on over, costume." And I'm like, "Oh man, I'm gonna be the funny guy. I'm gonna go as the child molester clown." <laughs> like, yeah, first off, real good idea, right? So. I make this costume, I get this wig, I put it on all crooked, like smudge makeup all over my face, like clown makeup, like all smudged, and I got a a, a plastic or a, a ball of booze in a in a paper bag, <laughs> and then I make the I, I wear this short little skirt with tights and a big sock mm. going down the leg <laughs> inside right. the tights, and this the, I made this clown shirt that said "Hey kids, free candy here," and had arrows pointing down to my crotch, like. Don't hate me, Pete. I mean, th- th- this was like ten years ago. I was, I- I'm far smarter now. Well, listen. And, the, the other thing is that this is after years of Estes Park parties. Yeah. That so, w- this is completely appropriate. Right. Yeah. Right. It, clearly. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, the decorum like wasn't our strong suit, right? And so, like, I'm so psyched. I'm going to be the life of the party. I'm kind of like the new guy in town. I'm going to be the funny <laughs> man. Everyone's going to love me. I go up and knock on the door. What those bastards hadn't told me that that one mysterious roommate whom I had never met before who, like, has a professional job. And I don't know why he was living with those guys, but whatever, transition in his life or something. And uh, <laughs> it, it was his party, it turned out. Right. With all of his friends, like, from their office and shit like that. Like, <laughs> with kids and families and parents. Like, I knock on the door and, like, come stumbling through the door, like, just waiting for the laughter. And, like, the record player skips, man. I look through the room and there's, like... Mothers like pulling their children's <laughs> close to them, and like dads are like looking at me like I totally deserve to get my ass kicked. Like it was dead silence, and yeah, I, I totally deserve to get my ass kicked. So I didn't know what to do, and I just kind of, kind of went with it and like stumbled across the room, hoping nobody was gonna punch me in the process. And, like <laughs> parked down in the parked down in the corner with my bottle of booze and just like stayed in costume and just started swilling. Yeah, touch a class to yeah, the podcast totally. here, Chris. Those guys. Yep. Yeah, they set you up, though. They obviously. totally did. Yeah, they obviously. totally did. Yeah, pick on the short kid with a low IQ. I know. <laughs> yeah. So, touch of class. Well, actually, you've also, um, you're, you're uh, I don't know, kind of famous for your haircut now. 
Oh, the mullet. Which doesn't really play on, on the podcast, but I, I'm sure I can find some ridiculous yeah, picture can, of you to post find up. A, find a photo. Or, you know what, it, your listeners, if they want to go to Google and then Images uh-huh. and uh, type in mullet stripes, yeah. I'm the top two spots. No dude. way. Yeah, totally. And that was from like a year ago before I had the mullet I have now. I mean, it was like nice. kind of, yeah, it was just in its infancy. Well, um, how long have you been up in Essex? Oh, I mean, after 12, you moved away, 12, right? 12 then you years came back. or something. Oh, no, right. I, I stayed in Essex the whole oh, you time. Did? Yeah. You never yeah. left? No, no. One, one sordid, dark story. Yeah, like 12 years now. It's nice. crazy how time flies, man. Nice. But, you know, I end up being gone a lot traveling and shit like uh-huh. that. But the mullet doesn't get so many weird looks in Estes, you know? Right. Like, you know, I'll be somewhere else, like Boulder or something. I know it's like people kind of like looking at me and kind of like laughing and stuff. And I'm like, what? What the hell? And then I, you know, I forget. Well, it's funny because it's it's got kind of a Moab quality to it because that's yeah. similar there. Oh, totally. Like I was reminded when when I rebuilt this RV, it was there yeah. in Moab, and in Moab, like You're no big deal. Yeah. yeah, people are like, "Hey, man, that's, that's pretty nice. nice. Yeah, that's pretty sweet." That. And as soon as I drove it back to Carbondale and yeah. was like rolling through um, <laughs> RVR, you know, the community, the like, you know, the pre-planned communities yeah. with the big houses and stuff, and I was it. It was weird how conspicuous I suddenly felt here here Dude, in town. This thing's pretty conspicuous. Yeah. Speaking of, Speaking like, of clown to suits. tie it back to the clown suit thing, <laughs> this thing's a little creepy. Like, like I, I had some really bad flashbacks when I walked in here. Like, yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> totally, yeah. If I'm not in the clown suit, uh, cooking meth, I'm at least cooking meth. <laughs> exactly. Dude, you, you know what? If I ever find, there's apparently a, a horrible sticker out there that needs to be on the back of this rig. Like, don't laugh, your child might be in here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. I, really I, bad. Yeah, okay, but I'm trying to be at least a little bit low pro in this thing when I'm running around. So. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, no, nobody would no even, even know this thing. Yeah. <laughs> Look at this freaking thing, dude. <laughs> anyway, there's some pictures of that on the website, too, so... Anything else you want to tell us about this time around? Uh, not really. No, I can't. I can't think of much. I'm a little brain dead after all this socializing at the festival, and I could use another cup of coffee, and I'll head back up to Estes and uh, settle in up and there. Just hole up in my little shack. That's kind of the thing. Like the the festivals and all are just so social, and mm-hmm. and I I can do that, but I I also have a, a real strong hermit side to sure. me. Like, I, I kind of like just being holed up by myself in my little in my little cabin. I mean, I don't live in the shack anymore, but, right. you know, it's what I what I live in. Yeah, I totally get that, too. People bag on the trade show. Yep. But, I, you know, for a few days, it's super fun. You can yeah. meet people. Ice Fest, Red Rock Rendezvous, haven't totally. been to it, but those sorts of things. I was up in Laramie last summer. Or um, Lander. Which, or I mean, Lander. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Laramie. God. Yeah. Good thing I wasn't there. But, um, yeah, Lander last summer, and, and that's a really low-key one, but it was you know still yeah. just seeing people I hadn't seen in a long time or running fun. into people that I barely remember. Yeah. And, it so is it's a good time, yeah. Those climbing events are yeah. – they, they really are kind of a blast despite how – you know, some of us can get a little cynical sometimes and yeah. all that. It's a good time. Kid, I'll put this up on the website too, but where can people find you on the internet, oh, on okay. the interwebs? Well, if people want someone to laugh at, uh, my writing, it, I mean, that's how I make my living as yeah, a writer. Yeah, he's editor. a writer. Yep. So uh, of the various projects I do, I, I do a blog about once a week on uh, Patagonia's blog, uh-huh. which is thecleanestline.com. And it's nice because they let me be my negative, cynical self. My last one was about New Year's resolution and no resolution resolution. Like, I think New Year's resolutions are bullshit. What, some magical date's going to mysteriously make you muster the motivation you lack the rest of the year? Yeah, but, totally. And, and I don't know. I, I get I get real 
negative about all that crap. <laughs> well, it's, I I mean, I'm not a big New Year's resolution guy because I feel the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's this date going to do? I, it's not going to change your Why not March mind. 3rd? Yeah. Why not October 17th? Yeah. Like, what, you know, come on, you know. <laughs> you're, besides, you're not going to change anyway. No, just get over shit, it. No, you yeah, might as well just over. wallow exactly. in it. Exactly. So that's why it's best to have no goals whatsoever because <laughs> that way you won't be disappointed exactly. if you don't reach them. Yeah. And then I and then on my own um, blog is where I post the more inappropriate things that I come up with now and then. Because even though Patagonia kind of lets me have free yeah. reign, I mean, you know, I got to kind of keep in mind to not be too much of an asshole. So when I come up with something that's not appropriate there, I put it on my personal blog. Which, which is where? Uh, KellyCordes.wordpress.com. Oh, cool. Yeah. Right on. Well, yeah, and I'll link yeah. those. Uh, when I post this, oh, I'll link cool, those. So. Yeah. Right on. And uh, this is the normal cast. This is only our third episode. So we have about... 16 listeners hey everybody Excellent. how's it going <laughs> so, well, well maybe if people from my blog i'll post this on my blog yeah, i'll bring we'll you up to like over. 21 nice, listeners nice. Now. Yeah, although it's probably like a few blog. of the same people unfortunately <laughs> yeah, unfortunately a few fellow losers <laughs> don't call our don't call our my audience losers <laughs> the, oh no no so normalcast.com you can also email me at chris at a normalcast.com um, or get on the site and put some uh, put some comments. Cool. And hopefully we'll have Kelly back down the road here if I get up to Estes Park next month. And I'll try to run a tighter ship next time, dude. It's a little what do you mean? in the morning for me. I don't know. I just rambled for like That's a half That's all right. Hour, That's what we want. You know? That's what this show's about. This isn't... <laughs> This isn't like high production value. That's that's why people love it. That's why all 16 of those people have signed up. Totally. So. We're keeping it real. Yeah. Anyway, you guys uh, give me an email. Okay. Tell me what you want to hear on the Enormal cast because I'm, I'm still kind of building it. And we will see Kelly in a few weeks, hopefully. Right on, man. Later. Come far, Pilgrim. Feels like far. Were it worth the trouble? Huh? What trouble?